we are disenfranchised at present to the point where I'm not sure that, that we really This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Uh, introduce yourself, Fly Girl. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Oh, thank you, Seiko. I'm honored to be here. Uh, my name is Blair Durham. How are you doing today? Doing excellent. Doing excellent. And look, the reason that we're talking is uh, we're always trying to fix problems. And you're really passionate about justice. So how can a better application of justice fix problems? That's what we're going to get into. But uh, before we get started with how a uh, bigger application of justice can fix problems, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you went to a very prestigious university, right? I did. I am an alum of Virginia Tech. Okay, um, go Hokey. Yes, go Hokey. Hokey pokey. Yes, yes. <laughs> some, some significant justice issues there. So it was a good school for me to go to. Okay, um, okay, cool. Yeah, I matriculated uh, as a teacher after that. I have worked as a counselor um, and done lots of work in sales and sales management as okay. well. All right, yep. so you're a triple threat. You're an educator, you're a counselor, and you can sell people stuff. As it were, <laughs> yes. Actually, well, for the business world, those are a lot of marketable skills. Yeah, so. No doubt. Cool, no. you're worth something, girl. You're worth something. Okay. Thank so, you. Um, but I also heard that you caused a bit of a ruckus when you were at VTech. I tried to. Um, one of the things that was interesting about that place um very very small minority quote-unquote minority population right um and the school was looking to do away with programs and funding that were geared toward minority students um and we found that especially perturbing because of football at tech and the realization that it was a minority population that was really generating the revenue that uh, that that Virginia Tech was seeing, and so um, we found a way. We created an organization called Drop Alliance, Direct Resistance of Privilege Alliance. Had an opportunity to, yeah, Direct Resistance of Privilege Alliance. <laughs> Had an opportunity to. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You no, I, I'm just blown away. First of all, you used the word perturbed, so I was yes. like, okay, there she goes with one of her Virginia Tech <laughs> AT words, and then you hit me with the acronym that I have mm-hmm. to sit down and write. And the other third thing is our fly guy brethren, brother Bert Bergen just tapped in. What's up, Bert? Peace and love, peace and blessings. Oh. Uh, I'm glad what you up? fly guy number two. What's up, Queen? How Welcome you doing? <laughs> this dude. This dude. I don't yes. Know what so the so the camera just pans to whoever's speaking. I like that. That's dope. Yeah, hey. man. We Baby, high tech, but we not. We we high tech, but we also high touch. You know, one of the complaints about technology is it's high tech, but we not high touch. So we high tech, but we high touch. And you can get as many people on here as 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 you pay for. for oh, okay. <laughs> bingo, bingo. I'm like ah, fill in the blank. <laughs> well, okay, that's right. All that's right, well, I like it. 
Blair was just telling us about her drop squad. I- <laughs> Yo, they were straight gangster up there, man. PWI, what? <laughs> wow. Wow. They were like, yeah. oh, they, took, they took the HBCU to the PWI. <laughs> and it's a, it's a conundrum. There's another one for you. Because, um, I'm glad because- I went to Hampton so I can understand these terms, terminologies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Hampton. I was actually offered a full ride at Hampton, and I didn't take it because I fell in love with the beauty of the mountains at Tech. And um, it was actually at Tech where I found my fist and um, learned that we do live in a hegemonic white supremacist environment and that there is a power to fight. And so I thought that was interesting, you know? Hey, Bert, um, I think we have a new catchphrase. I found my fist. Yes, yes. And look, and look, that's a show. If you're looking to find your fist, you need to, you need to get on the Fly Guy show. You're looking to find your fist. Wow. <laughs> All right. It used to be called a Negro wake-up call, but she said, I found my fist. She reframed it. You can tell that she studied psychology. She reframed it in a very proactive manner. I I, I love that queen. So, salute on that. Okay. In the spirit, in the spirit of Angela Davis and Asada Shakur, baby, right here. And she got the ass too. She got the ass too. Yo, here is the conundrum. She got a PWI education. PWI, baby. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, it's so dope, like. Uh, yeah, nothing could have prepared me for for this like that did. So, All right, yeah, I'm me, excited. Tell us about some of the experiences you had at Hokie Land that made you that led you to finding your fist. Well, um, yeah, that that first piece was critical. They uh, the board of rectors moved to. Uh, take race out of the anti-discrimination clause, right? So you know that little statement, we will not discriminate on the basis of blah, 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 blah. They got rid of race. And so, again, we were kind of like, wait a minute, how are you going to do that? And so um, that led us to protest, to teach in, sit in, march, uh, the whole nine yards. I mean, we were putting on demonstrations. We hung, we hung bodies that we crafted from trees. We did extensive research on the history of the university to kind of figure out, you know, wh- where is the precedent here? That Whoa. yeah, that this kind of thing can go on. Um, and we won, so that was cool. They adopted our list of demands as the Virginia Tech principles of community. Um, interesting, it was just two years. I graduated in 2005, so it was two years before um, the massacre at Tech that, you know, that we've all heard about. And I can just remember sitting in the president's office, you know, and the, uh, the provost and saying, hey, look, you know, we got to do something about these climate issues. We understand you don't you don't experience them from your vantage point, um, but you know our perspective is different, and it's something that you're going to have to address. Um, and so, yeah, um, a lot of the things that we attempted to implement would not 
would not manifest until after the 2007 incidences. Um, very, very interesting, you know? It is very interesting. <clears throat> yeah. And, and more so for me, I have a contract with a company that Virginia Tech brought last summer to visit okay. the campus, and we got a chance to see some of the new initiatives, understand their processes, and some of the things they shared with us is they were really interested in a stronger diversification of their student population because they realized that America values diversification in ways that it didn't previously, and they wanted their students to benefit from what America wants so they'll be more prepared for the jobs and for building businesses. And I thought that was very interesting. Now what I think about your experience and I learn about that experience, I can see that you may have brought about some of the new changes they have at Virginia Tech. And it's a lovely campus. I did fall in love with the mountains. I'm oh my so goodness. I went to Hampton, but <laughs> I love what I saw at Virginia Tech and I've actually helped uh, about 30 students apply to uh, Virginia Tech now. Wow. Wow. This year. I hope that this you year. have prepared them. <laughs> uh, probably not, but it's, 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 they're going to find their fist. If you find their fist, I'm sure they'll find their fist too. Yeah. I see. I see. So okay. in finding your fist, did that lead you now to develop a stronger passion for justice? It, it absolutely did. Yeah. And it's something that Bert and I have talked about this. I, I uh, ran from for some time because when I first got back to this area, um, I was a little alienated because I was just so, you know, up here with it, <laughs> so cerebral in my thinking and just, oh, you know, I always wanted to have a debate and that's not always palatable when you're trying to get along in a work environment or even when you're trying to, you know, relate amongst your, your family. Right. Um, and so, and then, you know, I, I move into a sales environment. I find that, okay, you know, I can just, I can do this thing. I can climb this ladder. I can make money. I can kind of, eh, I can hush some of these other things. Um, but ultimately, nah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it, it hadn't changed. Things have not improved to the degree that we can afford not to seek justice um, and what was so profound over the summer was finding a passage of scripture that apparently I'd never seen before but there is essentially a biblical mandate to seek justice or risk offending God and so when I thought about man kind of where we are right now it's like is this of our own making is this because we failed to um, to continue the justice effort, you know, what responsibility do I have to pick up the torch and, and, and move forward, you know? And, that's, um, that's, yeah. that's, that's really revealing. And I, <clears throat> I caution doing this uh, because I really want your story. But I find that most of the prophets in most of the religious literature are all fighting against hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And fighting hypocrisy is tantamount to seeking justice. You want everyone to get what's due correctly. Um, and yeah, I mean, Yeshua, Jesus really fought against 
hypocrisy. Um, so to find that in the Bible, which deals with a lot of the, the greater known prophets, that's, that's wow, that's going to make me look back for that, uh, that passage. Yeah, it's a couple times there in uh, Jeremiah. I think it's the 20th and the 21st chapters. And um blew me away, I remember. It was right, it was right on the heels of those. Remember, there were like three killings back to back over the summer, and I was riding in the car with my mother, and I was going to show her one passage, and I stumbled on that one, and I started screaming in the car because I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. Wow. This is it. We got to do this, you know? And she was like, Blair, go down. I was like, no, mom. And she was like, oh, you know, and I read it to her. She said, yeah, that, that does sound like we need to move in that direction. And so, yeah, we started to organize for what would become Black Brand. Um, but at the time, we were working with something called Everyday Activism that was functioning mostly as a think tank. You know, we had a set of questions. We were researching, you know, those answers and kind of bringing some like-minded individuals together. Um, but when we looked at the economic piece, it was like, wow. You know, you had Hidden Colors 4, you had, um, Oh gosh, what was the other film? 7 a.m. There was another one that came out right there during the summer. And um, so, yeah, so our, the part three of our power series was to focus on economics. And so, yes, <clears throat> the birth of Black Brand. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I just found Jeremiah 22, verse 3. Um, What'd you get? <clears throat> Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor, which is Bert. That's Bert. Bert, remember that? Yeah, Bert. That's something we talked about. Is that, that means it's in there three times. Ho, 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 ho. I can't take credit for that. That's after a conversation I had with uh, with um, uh, Angela Davis right here on the, uh, on, on the Zoom line. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, man. Crazy. Crazy. I've been on a mission to share that passage. That passage has to be shared, you know? All right, right. So it, this passage and your love for justice. there's That means there's it's in Jeremiah three times. At least three times because it's also in Jeremiah 20 and Jeremiah 21. Hmm. Okay, Jeremiah 21. Jeremiah 21. Okay. All right. And Jeremiah 20. And Jeremiah 20. There it is right there. Let's see. Can write the word, man. I'll fight you. Bring that together. Is it 12? 21, 12? All right. Yep, boom. Execute justice in the morning. That's the one that you were that you were uh that you were twerking off of, tweaking off of rather. Uh, Thanks for correcting that. I don't twerk, baby. Come on now. <laughs> Do we like that, baby? Alright. <laughs> 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 All right. So you see you see that that third clause it says um 
lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of your evil deeds, meaning the one who does not seek justice. Wow. The evil deed is in not seeking justice. And that was a message to the house of David. Yeah. All right. Hear the word of the Lord. Okay. 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 I'm digging that. I'm digging that. All right. It it, it changed my life. (laughs) It changed my life. Ashe. Ashe. All right. So this passage and your realization that there's a um, spiritual mandate to seek justice and deliver those from the hands of the oppressor led you to doing what? Well, as I said, we were we were already doing everyday activism. And so when we planned the third piece to our power series, um, we were led to kind of focus on economics um, after having watched Hidden Color. Or no, was it before? I don't know. I know all in the scene, it was just kind of like there was an explosion of energy right in that moment with those three murders and those new documentaries that had come out and the people that we were meeting and it was like okay the next power series has to focus on economics and it may have we may have planned it prior to those murders because I remember posting about it everybody was kind of on this and I was like no we got to focus on these economics like that is what the fact that we don't have our money together we don't have a sense of familyhood this is why you know this is why this can continue to go on and so for that meeting we kind of called to the table those that we knew that had a vested interest people like Burke Bergen you know a couple of politicians that we knew that we're looking at you know yeah yeah and so we had about about 25 people to attend um, that particular meeting and we looked at the history of the United States as it related to you know (laughs) people of African descent and we looked at you know the government as a company the state of Virginia as a company within that company mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. we were with respect again to that relationship and how injustice started to emerge in that context um, you know, from two speakers that day and then um, I had sort of written a plan like okay here's something that we could do over the next 10 years you know here's a here's a set of goals here's a way we could you know, and I presented some of those elements during that meeting, kind of got a consensus that people were interested in moving forward. Um, we raised the question, you know, what happened to the last Black Chamber of Commerce? Um, no one was really sure exactly what had happened, but, you know, we've since done that research as well. Um, and then on or about September 22nd, we actually... Uh, did the the legal bit in terms of uh, incorporating black brand and we sought out the nonprofit status and we've been working to build a membership and delivering some some programs and and services um, in light of justice hmm yeah Wow, your, your face. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm 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 blushing, and I'm also just enamored with the ideas and the actions 
that you and I guess the other members of Black Brand have engaged in. I've had a chance to see some of them. So for those listeners who are not sure, they're not in Hampton Roads area, what is Black Brand? So Black Brand stands for Black Business Research and Analytics Networking and Development. Um, and it is actually a new Black Chamber of Commerce concept that we're piloting in Hampton Roads um, as it means to you know, obviously provide what a chamber provides, um, a way to advertise Black businesses, a way to um, you know, promote them, um, a way to develop them. Um, but then on the other side is, you know, we have to have a plan in place to build uh, the rest of what our community needs. We have to have our own banking, our own grocery, schools, hospitals, manufacturing, land, you name it. Um, and so, so it's twofold in that regard. Um, and that's what we are. That's what we're doing. Okay. And it, go ahead. That looks like our website. Hey, that website. is your website. And I'm looking at your logo. And <laughs> yes. I'm interested about the logo as well as the, everything else that I'm seeing. I like the term newly minted. So that's beautiful. <laughs> the logo. The logo. Um, tell me about the logo. How did that come about? Does it have any significance? Are there any hidden sure. messages in it? Um, no doubt. So, yeah, it's funny because I just remember sitting around the table with some creative minds and we were um, we were talking about marketing I thought we were talking about marketing but we had a marketing guru uh, uh, brother Louis Gibbs at the table pastor Louis Gibbs um, and he was he had his computer out we thought he was taking notes but he was actually developing the logo and he was saying, oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. And I remember when he finalized that particular beat and he said, I think I've got the logo. I think I've got it. And he turned it around and our CCO, Keisha, and my husband looked at it and were like, oh my God, that's it. Like, we loved it. So, so the bird um, is actually a Sankofa bird. Okay. Um, and the Sankofa is in a thinker symbol it represents the fact that it is not taboo to go back and fetch what you have forgotten. Um, and so for me, it means familyhood is germane to who we are as people of African descent. Um, the idea of taking care of ourselves for ourselves, that is, that is who we are. That is, that's what we did. That's what we knew. And so in order to move forward, so you got the Sankofa bird, you can't see his feet, but its feet are facing forward, and then the neck is kind of extended toward the rear, um, in acknowledgement of the history of who we are, again, as people of African descent. So in order to take those steps ahead, we got to be cognizant of, of who we are, who we were. Um, and so that's why, yeah, we, we went with that. The egg obviously symbolizes um, what it is that we need to create, what we're birthing, uh, the future, um, the fact that we have a responsibility toward it. And then right now I'm reminded of uh, uh, one of my favorite African proverbs. It's kind of serious, you know, but it, it makes a lot of sense. It says, uh, if you carry the egg basket, do not dance. You know, it's a, it's a major responsibility. Um, 
and, and we all have it to um, to to bring about a better world for for this generation and those to come. So, wow! I got a question. I got a question. So, for those who would prefer to sing "Kumbaya," uh, Blair. Why you, you mentioned some things you said it's important for us to have our own grocery, our own hospitals, our own banking system, our own mm-hmm. schools. For those that prefer to sing um, Kumbaya and it, it may make them feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. to hear that. Why is it important that we have institutions that we have created with our own hands? Wow. For a lot of reasons. Um, First, I think that we need to know that we can do that. Um, We are disenfranchised at present to the point where I'm not sure that that we really believe that we can build again. Um, So I think it's going to do something for our confidence, um, something pretty significant for our confidence to see that, wow, we are capable of building funny you would ask that though right before I got on this call I was thinking about something you share with me uh, a letter um, from what is it Purchase Black is that the name of the company talking about us being over indexed in certain areas and under indexed in others and it dawned on me that a lot of the areas where we're over indexed represent um, industry that we could do by ourselves something that we could just kind of start on our own in our own bathtub in our own sink something that would not require building something that would not require community something that would not require um trust cooperation um and so when i look at what it is that we are tasked with as black brands um (laughs) yeah the type of relationships that we are fortifying um, are are especially significant. Um, And and I believe that it's that level of relationship that's going to um, deliver justice, really. I can only see your face there at the very bottom corner of the screen. I can't tell if I've fully answered your question. Uh, I, think <laughs> I think we got the gist of it. Yeah. I think okay. we got the gist of it. I wanted to add, I wanted to add, I'm working uh, in present on a documentary and a documentary uh, focuses on the neighborhood um, Burton Station, which okay. is in Virginia Beach. And the neighborhood Burton Station was settled by freed Africans. Um, and I, I leave it. I leave it with this: the city of Virginia Beach, at, at some point in history, recent history, within the last, I'd say, five decades, has prevented the residents of um, Burton Station, who are majority black, if not all black, from um, renovating and rehabilitating their, their community and their neighborhood. Within the same breath, the city of Virginia Beach has sought or had sought to, um, they had sought condemnation powers to be able to condemn mm. that, that community. So in one hand, you're not passing the permits that allows them to fix their neighborhoods. 
And then the other hand, you're seeking condemnation powers, which fortunately, I'm, I'm not sure if it's the state of Virginia or the federal level who has denied them condemnation rights. Um, and so as I thought about what you said, that came to mind is that we need to be able to be autonomous in such a sense that it it is it, it is powerful and it relinquishes the power from others and puts it back into our hands so that we have control over the destiny and the outcomes of things like that. So I, that's just, that just came to mind. As a matter of fact, one of the residents that we interviewed said that she received her first water bill five months ago. So there you have, you know, residents living in the city who only of, uh, you know, as, 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 as early as, as late as five months ago, started to receive some of the most basic city, city amenities. You know what I'm saying? So um, when you said we need to have our own, that kind of resonated with me because it puts the power back into the hands of those who own and control. Yeah. No doubt. All right. So uh, you have a passion for justice. And we learned about the roots of that passion for justice. And Bert is actually seeking justice with, with the residents of Burton Station. But you also said in one of the uh, other interviews or conversations that we've had that you have a love of people and relationships. So how does that love of people and relationships tie into what you're doing with Black Brand? Yeah, so I'm, I'm working on a piece right now um, for Black Brand that has to do with you know, our, our core values. I think we're, we're very clear about what it is we're looking to do, um, but not as clear about how it is that we need to accomplish that, right? Um, and so, yeah, I just, I like to study humans. You know, I like to understand what it is that, what it is that makes us tick. Because if we look at where we are right now, it's, it's a series of relationships. Justice itself is, is one relationship. Injustice is another. Uh, power, ownership, these are all, these all speak to relationships. So I guess when I started the, uh, the pursuit of knowledge in this area, I had no idea that psychology was as intimately connected to justice as anything else would be, as law or, or whatever have you. Um, but you got psychology, you got sociology, and these things are these things are married, you know. And so, again, when I look at Black Brand and when I look at our, our leadership team, we are tasked with becoming, as a group, as a small group, what it is that we want to see in our communities. And I don't know that we always get that. We have to be as on point as we like to see our community become. Even in just our, our day-to-day interaction, we've got to have accountability and transparency. We've got to be brother and sister to one another in as much as we are COO and treasurer. Um, and so it's, it's something I think about all the time and I'm, I'm prayerful about it because I want to make sure that I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're in a world that is narcissistic, you know, and it's possible to become contaminated in how we relate to one another um, by virtue of just, you know, having the television set on. But what Black Brand is seeking to do, it, it represents a cultural shift. It represents a, a new 
paradigm for relating, um, not just an economic whatever. So it's gonna it's gonna begin with here and here before it manifests here. You know, and our, I think our early supporters are the ones that get that. You know, they they they've invested their dollars to a concept that resonates on the on the head and heart level before we have a building. Mm. These are people that haven't said, "Oh, where's your address? Can I stop by your office and drop off a check?" No, they, there's already alignment here, so they're able to. You know what I mean? For the rest of our community, though. <laughs> You know, there will be a different, a different, you know, path. And to play devil, so. as to play devil, as devil's advocate, because I've had this conversation, is that you know our communities have been taken advantage of so much, not just internally but also externally, and so that comes hard. Mm-hmm. You know, so. So yeah. playing devil's advocate, what would your question be? No, I'm just saying to play devil's advocate. I just wanted to make that statement that our communities have been taken advantage of you know, internally and externally. And so many of them are leery about taking that first step until they see something tangible, something that shows that oh, you're here to stay, you're serious about what you're doing. All right. All right. So um, let's play. Let's play. I have a dry cleaning business. I own a dry cleaners in Hampton Roads. What would be the benefit of me becoming involved and becoming a member of Black Brand? Well, I would say the first piece is, you know, the supportive community. Um, but the probably the biggest benefit that you would perceive might be the fact that we could offer a platform. Yep, way to increase those dollars. We got <laughs> programs that are going to benefit your bottom line. Okay. Um, yeah. Yep. And so if we had to go a step further, why would we join Black Brand as opposed to just being a part of the Hip Roads Chamber of Commerce? Then we'd say, hey, look, we understand that you have unique challenges that you face as a Black person doing business. Um, and, and those are the needs that we are attuned to, um, to a greater extent than the Hampton Roads Chamber of Commerce who might have a diversity platform um, or, or a campaign to you know, expose what they do to a minority population. Um, but what we're building is something that is specific to you know, what your needs are. Is that discrimination? No. <laughs> Simple, no. No. It's not racist? Well, let's look up the definition of discrimination, Seiko. Let's pull it up on the computer. All right, all right. Take me to task. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you asking questions, Seiko. All right, yeah. do your own research, boy. <laughs> let's look it up. Let's see, what, let's, see what, let's see what Webster. Okay, I was great as a counselor, not so great as an English major. <laughs> Thank you for the spell check. <laughs> By the way, we have five minutes left. Wow, that was quick. All right, so if I'm looking at discrimination, I'm looking at the unjust or presidential... Hmm, <laughs> Told you I wasn't good as an English major. 
<laughs> You're doing awesome, Seiko. It's okay, brother. It's okay. All right. All right, so you see what's on the screen. The unjust or prejudicial treatment of different categories of people or things, especially on the grounds of race, sex, or age. And so I guess it would have to be the opposite of that. Are there any antonyms listed? <laughs> All right, I see synonyms. Uh, prejudice, bias, bigotry, intolerance, narrow-mindedness, unfairness, inequality, inequity, favoritism, one-sided, or partisanship. But I don't see initially any antonyms. Uh, so let's, let's look. Whoa, she said probably justice. Antonym. Right? I'm looking on my computer too. Is there an antonyms.com? <laughs> if not, I'm sure you're going to create one soon, right? I'm working on some things, you know. <laughs> Anti-discrimination, non-discrimination. And here's the thing: it's not that a black or 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 a um, it's not that a business non-black. owner that's non-black. Yeah, it's not that a business owner that's not black cannot join black brands. They just join black brands under the auspices of the fact that what we do specific to the needs of the black community which by the way does help the larger or smaller community you know all right one of the related words is differentiation which isn't a bad word (laughs) (laughs) not a bad word uh distinction which is a synonym and that's not a bad word you know you can't get slapped on the hand for being a distinct All right. So, um, I like what I'm hearing. I love your passion. What are some of the things that you're working on? You mentioned that you're working on some things. Some things I am. Uh, things that you can talk about very quickly. We have about four minutes left. Okay. So, yeah. So, we're excited about January. January is always a fun month to do anything. Um, but we've got just this coming Saturday, actually, a budgeting workshop that is going to be facilitated by one of our members, uh, Clarence Harris, who's a CPA, uh, owns Hampton Roads Tax and Accounting Firm, uh, bringing in several of his associates to put on a free workshop for the community um, to assist with budgeting for 2017. Of course, tax season is right around the corner. Sometimes we do things that are ill-advised with our tax refunds. Um, but hoping to help get the you know financial house in order. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yep. And then at the end of the month, super excited as well. We are bringing in uh, international best-selling author and award-winning speaker, uh, Dr. Nicholas Cooper Luder. Um, yeah. He. He. Wow. <laughs> Extensive background has worked with entertainers, athletes, multimillionaires, startups. Dude is dude is legit. Turn up. So uh, Turn he's up. excited about black brand and, and our justice work, and um, has offered an affordable way to get some of his nuggets in uh, vis-a-vis a, a workshop on the twenty eighth. So look forward to that as well. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Three things that you want to share with the world. If you passed away tonight, what were three things that you would love to share with the world? 
three things I want to share with the world if I passed away tonight. Um, I would say the first thing is uh, pertains to marriage. Marriage is a relationship, right? Um, so I got I to gotta big up marriage because I believe that it is the greatest institution for higher learning uh, on the planet. Um, if, you, if you really want to know who you are and grow as a human being, get married get married <laughs> get married and, and realize that the emphasis is not on the growth of the other person and you changing that person it's about who you become in the process of meeting someone else's faults um so that would be thing number one um thing number two would be have a child after that <laughs> you want to take your learning and relationships to the next level and bring a child into this world they will raise you <laughs> they will and then after well, that's that deep. that's deep my children made me heavier that's <laughs> did they i was well, skinny. i used to be skinny uh, no okay but oh you started eating got you <laughs> The last thing I would say is um, get involved with some sort of justice effort um, immediately for all the reasons that we already talked about. Ashe. Ashe. Hey, Bert, you want to take us out, man? Well, I just wanted to, well, I guess we could save that for the next show. But hey, look, family, as always, when you when we end in, when we're closing out the Fly Guy show, I like to say that um, we all want to be a part of a a winning team, a winning community. But what I've found in my work, in my research, and in my interactions, and in my experience is that people just don't want to be on the team. They want to contribute to the success and to the wins. And so get on a team and contribute. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black, uh, black Wall Street. Phenomenal, phenomenal.